Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. From the home of time. It is now quite a day for local sport from your local team. This is Charlton Live. That's it. I'm starting a petition to end all football matches after 88 minutes. Who's with me? Come on, lads. Who's with me? Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Charlton Live. Uh, My name is Louis Mendes. Uh, Thank you for joining me here on Maritime Radio on your Sunday evening. Joining me in the studio to talk about yesterday's hugely frustrating, once again, uh, draw this time at least, with uh, with Doncaster Rovers is Mark Newby. Hey, dear Mark. Strad, Louis. How are you? I don't even know what, you, what that was. That, that, that's Russian. Oh, that's that, that for your mother-in-law. <laughs> yeah, who, yeah. My Russian's not as good as it used to be, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, how are you? Did you enjoy yesterday's game? Uh, uh, following it, at least? Well, no, because I'd, obviously I've been following it on Twitter, because I was out yesterday, and, you know, we've 1-0 up, and it's good to hear, and, you know, BFG scoring, you're thinking, lovely, that's why he's back in the team, shore it up, get a goal. And then following, 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 update, update, and 92 minutes, and it's, and then suddenly you see the goal emoji pop up, and you're thinking, 
not again <laughs> you know so but then reality hits and you realise it has happened again again Charlton have uh, let three points uh, slip at least it was only two points we let slip yesterday in, in the in the last couple of minutes a 94th minute leveller for Doncaster Rovers denying us what would have been three points uh, on the road so on tonight's show we are of course going to look back at yesterday's game up at the Keep Moat Stadium we're going to hear from a frustrated manager Carl Robinson we also want to hear uh, from you guys a lot during this show because we've got a lot of questions to ask why are we conceding so many late goals can we still make it into the playoffs? You know, we're still in a fairly comfortable position, aren't we? So, you know, have we got enough to turn it around? Especially now that we're going to miss uh, Steffi Mavadidi uh, for for a couple of months as well. Um, we also want to know uh, what you guys uh, are looking ahead to Tuesday's game with Bradford. You know, how do you think we should line up for that one as well? So, plenty of stuff to talk about. Of course, I mean, there is still the actual performance yesterday up at the Keepmo Stadium, which, for my money, wasn't actually that bad at all. I thought we played really well. We should have been running out two or three nil winners yesterday until what happened. So let us know, of course, what you made of the performance uh, as well. So you can get in touch with us. Studio at charltonlive.co.uk is the email address. You can tweet us at charltonlive as well. Before we hear the highlights then, Mark, I mean, you know, you, what were your feelings when that when that goal emoji, as you say, popped up in the 94th minute yesterday? <sighs> um, frustration. Frustration that it's happened so soon after the Oxford game more than anything else and you know the disappointment you'd, you'd probably said you know do you take a 1-1 draw away if we'd been losing 1-0 and we'd scored an equaliser in the 70th minute yeah you'll take a point you're thinking right take a point and then try and pick up a point at home um, but to get that close and to think yourself how, how could they as a group let that happen again you know because mm. he'd made the right subs this time you know, we we said last after the last game, you know, why didn't he bring on Jacko? Why didn't he bring on Defender? He did both this time, and yet we still conceded. Mm. So, I mean, I know it took an unlucky deflection, but yeah. you know, it's still uh, it got to a point where you think yourself, you know, who who did we curse? <laughs> yeah, seems like everyone I've ever passed in my Charlton supporting uh, uh, history. Right, so I mean, Mark's just said there he felt that, that Carl Robinson made the right subs yesterday. Do you agree with that? Because some people are questioning the subs. I mean, of course, people questioned the sub last week as well. So do you agree with that? I mean, Mark quite rightly pointed out we did the opposite this week to what we did last week in terms of we tried to shore it up at the back last week. We brought in attacking players. Both times it's had sort of the same outcome, really. So let us know if you, if you agreed with Mark there. Do you think he made the right subs? Uh, or do you think he made the wrong ones? Let us know. Studio at charltonlive.co.uk or tweet us at charltonlive. Right, let's have a listen to the uh, the highlights uh, from yesterday, if you can stand it. Uh, this is how it went up at the Keepmo Stadium. Pressing now, and McGuinness wins it back for Charlton. Oh, Lovely touch from Forster Kasky to find Fossu. Fossu inside his man to try to take him out. Oh, into the edge of the penalty area. Crossfield ball. Can it find Marshall? Find Fossu? No, he can't. And it's uh, out to Kasky on the edge of the area with a shot and wide right. Fossu wins it back off the throw. That's great work from Tariq Fossu. He's going on a run. Fossu's past the last man into the box. Ball into it. Looking for McGuinness. Oh, oh, what a just clearance. beaten to it by Rose. Not by Rose, by Boyle, who scoops it over the bar. And Charlton have a corner. It's great work from Tariq Fosu. He's so good at running at players when he gets the situ- getting that situation. On that occasion, he was on the left-hand side, similar to the, the goal he scored against Fleetwood. We beat, I think it was Pond on the day, going to the penalty area. But on this occasion, he looked for the, to cross it for McGuinness, who made a good run inside. It was good covering defending from Boyle, and it, it just deflected off, and luckily for Doncaster, went over the bar. Corner Charlton. Great work from Tariq Fosu. Now it's forced to Kasky over here on this near side to take the corner. Swings it in. It's gone deep. Bowers at the far post. Gets ahead of there. Oh, it's okay. in! Patrick Bauer heads the ball down. Come on! Beyond Ian Lawler and into the back of the net for Charlton's opener. Oh, I can't believe that went in Terry Smith. The ball came in from Force Kasky at the back post. 
Bauer's able to beat his man. He just heads it down on the ground almost. I think catches the keeper out by surprise. I was expecting him to, to claw it away. And it ended up in the back of the net. And Charlton have the lead. After 17 and a half minutes. Ball forward to Beeston on the edge of the penalty here. A little reverse ball finds Rowe in the penalty here. And a shot comes in from Marquise and straight at Amos. And quite luckily so as well. Corner shall be taken by Coppinger. Swings it in to a decent area. McGuinness is a good header away. Reeves flicks it to his left and Fossil will pick it up. And Fossil beats his man as well. And Tariq Fossil approaching Doncaster half. It's 2v2 momentarily. Fossil. Trying to take on Blair, he's, he's forced him inside. Fossil ball across to Reese and a penalty here. Lays it back for McGuinness. McGuinness gets under control, shoots. Marshall blocked. Marshall again. It's cleared away in the end, and Charlton should have made Reece, it too. Why did Ben Reese pass it? The referee takes a look at his watch, and there is the half time whistle. On diagonal ball four from Conza Fines. De Silva, lovely first touch. De Silva in the penalty here. Reverse ball to Rick Fossil. Shapes on his left foot. Fossil go for goal. Parried behind by Lawler. What a firstly, what a ball that was, and secondly, what a takedown by De Silva to uh, get beyond his man. Superb football from Charlton, and then he picked out Fosu, who was on his wrong foot, back to his left, stinging shot, which uh, I suppose Lawler in the end did well to parry away. Charlton had the free kick, which they play short, forced Kasky, chip ball towards the far post, towards McGuinness. McGuinness heads down to Reeves in the penalty. Reeves shoots, oh, good save by Lawler. Great effort from Reeves, and it's cleared away in the end. to have it on this right-hand side with Blair. Blair out to Kuwamia. Goes back to Blair under pressure from Fosu, who might step in. He's and he free. is! Tariq Fosu in towards the edge of the penalty area. Tariq Fosu, can he finish? Goes past the keeper! Oh, oh the challenge! Last ditch tackle! Uh, from a, is that, I'm trying to think yeah, who that is. Is that Anderson? He came storming Last back. challenge from Anderson to oh. clear it away for a corner when Fosu had done everything right to beat his man, beat the keeper. But in the process of beating the keeper and going wide, it just allowed Anderson to slide in. Five minutes of added time here. Blair, further right to Coppinger. McGuinness trying to play. stop him. Not according to the linesman. McGuinness still up against Coppinger and he's cut it back inside. Left foot into the box. Marquis there. Gets a little header. Down into the penalty spot. Back to Marquis. It's going to fall to McCulloch with a shot. Deflection. Oh, and it's headed in. And Doncaster have the equaliser. I think it was Blair who got the final header as he went into the box. And Charlton have been pegged back in the final couple of minutes. Oh, I do not believe it. It's one of the scrappiest goals you'll ever see. Coppinger gets a bit of space, chips it in. Marquise heads it down. I think Houghton in the box. It rolls to McCulloch. His shot deflects, loops up in the air. Blair continues his run from right back. No one tracks him. The second game running, it's a right back scoring, and he had to pass Amos. And I just can't stress how Charlton, how Charlton knock off three points out of this in the 94th minute as well. How on earth? It comes away. Referee looks at his watch and blows the whistle. And Charlton, from a commanding position, really in the game, have come away with just the point. And two games running, we shake our, scratch our heads, and wonder just how we didn't get three points out of the game. Yeah, again, the same as last week. It doesn't sound uh, any better on second listening, uh, does it, Mark? I mean, it's such huge, huge frustration. Uh, and it's happened two weeks in a row. I mean, that's, is that something to worry about? The fact is, is it happens with almost alarming uh, frequency now. I mean, I, I tweeted out a stat earlier on, and we'll, we'll talk about it. We conceded 27% of the goals we've conceded have come in the last 10 minutes of games, and that's by far the biggest 
uh, percentage for a 10-minute split. So, I mean... Why and why does it keep happening? Uh, I, it's it's a coincidence. I think if it happens again on Tuesday night at Venier, I might say there's a pattern emerging. Um, as to why, I don't know. With the mentality of a footballer, where they they want to do the right thing, they want to play, but sometimes you've just got to get rid. You've got to stick it in row Z. You've got to knock it out as far as you can, further up the field. I mean, I I think that what happens is that we we just drop too deep. We if we're winning. We, we drop too deep, we invite the pressure on. And, of course, if you've got that many numbers in the box, it's going to take a deflection or a bad tackle. Um, I mean, we've benefited and we, we've, we've equalised ourselves, you know, in the last minute. You know, we were two down and came back and, you know, t- and equalised. And it's an amazing feeling. I, I personally am one of those people, it's, 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 an, it's annoying. I feel more frustrated if we've conceded very early in a game, the first five minutes and then we then lose 1-0, and we haven't had a chance in 85 minutes. It seems like our attacking players are getting chances, um, it's just not going for us. You know, Foster had a great, fantastic chance. You know, at two, I think at 2-0, it's going to sound funny, I think I'd have been more confident at 2-0. They say 2 is a bit, a bit of a worry, but I think at 2-0, I think we'd, we'd have just seen it out. I think with yeah. one 1-0... One for us at the moment, it's, it's just it's just hard to yeah. point. I mean, I mean it, it, it does come down to the fact that if we've got that second goal, like we did away at Rotherham earlier on in the season, I'm certain we would have, we, we would have finished it off. And yes, we had so many chances, and, and and we'll hear from Carl Robinson later on in the show. He says we're not ruthless enough now. But if, if going back to that goal that we've conceded at the last minute now. Uh, everyone's watched the replay, and we see the the balls come out to Luke McCulloch. He's hit the shot. Um, it's ballooned up into the air and now it's falling into a, the, the space of the left-hand side of our penalty areas as we're looking at it, as Charlton back four are looking at it, uh, and, and found a completely unmarked Matt Blair who was their right back. Okay, So immediately everyone, so we're all watching the replay now and I, I'd, I'd love to hear your views on this as well, listeners. So uh, what's happened is, so people are going to look at, uh, obviously Harry Lennon was the left back of that situation. Now people don't realise that Josh McGuinness now was playing left wing. Uh, he came onto the left wing as we tried to shore it up uh, late on. So there's two scores of fault here. So the ball's gone into the middle. Lennon's gone across into the middle to try and block a shot when the ball was on the edge of the six-yard box. In a way, they've done their job because the ball's got out as far as the edge of the box. Now the shot's come in from McCulloch. It's gone up into the air, and it's the right back who, who therefore, so people might might be unfairly targeting Harry Lennon here because if it's the right back, then it's the left midfielder who has to track the run as well. So people might point at, at Josh McGuinness for that one as well. At the same time, though, when you're putting bodies on the line, it's chaos in the last minute. I mean, these sort of markings and runs sometimes go out the window as well. I guess all the activities in the D, and that's where you want Lennon. He's the tallest guy in, in on, on our team, so. You know, it has taken the deflection. You know, you want all your players to be round the ball just to try and block any potential shot. And it has taken a wicked deflection. Their right backs gambled on it coming out that that way, headed. You know, could Amos have spread himself a touch more and done the kind of like Schmeichel throw his body? Mm. He seemed to sort of like throw a half-hearted hand at it. Mm. I'm not blaming Amos because it's it's just. It's just one of those things. It could have gone the other side of the post. It's it's mm. gone in. I mean, we didn't. We've taken a point. Taken a point away. Okay, you can say it's Doncaster, but you know it's. 
It felt like a massive defeat yesterday, yeah. <laughs> as it still does, uh, especially considering it happened last week as well. Uh, right, I mean, the, the, the big team news before the game, of course, was it was Patrick Bauer who was coming in uh, to replace Lennon in the centre of defence. He, he partnered Esri Konza uh, along with, with Ben Rees replacing uh, Mavadidi. I mean, first with Bauer, were you expecting that change before the game? I was, and more than happy to see him back and alongside Es. You know, I'd, we've been saying that you know there needed to be a slightly more mature ahead I know Bauer's not that old but you know alongside you know the kids at the back so it's, you know I was glad to see Bauer Reeves was more of a puzzle for me I thought he'd have started with Kai Kai in the Mavadidi role and give him a bit of a free reign like he gives like he gave Steffi I think Reeves doesn't you know do as much for me as a player like Kai Kai would Interesting as well with Reeves. I mean, he, he did have a couple of efforts yesterday, but when we when we start going through the timeline of the game, there was one where he really should have scored. But instead, he passed it back to uh, to Josh McGuinness, who had, who had a shot blocked right on the the, the stroke of half time. So the, the game gets underway, and Charlton looked to start on the front foot. Fossey's winning a, a free kick, which he, he floated over the bar. I mean, and that I mean. Tariq Fossu yesterday, for me, was absolutely imperious. I thought he was excellent yesterday. And it shows, I mean, when, when he was coming back from injury a few weeks ago, I was really expecting him to take a little while to get back up to speed. Uh, but that hasn't seemed to have been the case at all with him. He's, he's started like a, a, a runaway train, really, since Well, I mean, he, he's, he's, a, he's a hungry young player. And I think he was unlucky to get the injury when he did. He was on fire at the time. And like I say, sometimes it does take a few games just to get back into the swing of things. I mean, I don't think he'd played any of the under-23s warm-up games. So to get straight back into the team, but he's got that X-factor. He's got that ability just to sparkle, mm. which, you know, we, we, we need. You know, you can't have... You know, 11 just dull players. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and But interesting now, uh, so... Like we say, he was involved in a lot of our stuff going forward. So quick on the counter attack, but obviously, uh, we know in the second half he had, he's had a couple of chances which he hasn't taken. Now I think Carl, uh, yeah, we'll hear from from Carl Robinson during the interview later on. But when when Fosu came off uh, in, in the last ten minutes or so, I mean, I didn't see it myself, but a few people pointed it out to me that he threw his water, the water bottle down. He was frustrated that he didn't come off. Now I mean. Carl said he doesn't really mind about that and then jokes that he should have thrown the ball in the goal. But, I mean, is, is that... I mean, there's two schools of thought here. Is that, oh, you love, you love to see a bit of passion. Of course he's angry. He's got, he's got to come off. Or is it, a, you know, he's, he's got to calm down a bit? Or he, no, I think he, he's frustrated with himself. He knows he could do better. I mean, he set himself a high standard. And you've got to think yourself, in the last five minutes, if he'd got another chance, he'd have probably made sure that he finished it. And so he's thinking, if the manager's pulled me off, I don't get a chance to redeem myself in this game. You know, I can understand taking out on the water bottle. So, <laughs> yeah, and it does show. It does show passion. Now, our, our, our first real chance came uh, after eight minutes when uh, Marshall on the on the right hand side played a low ball across the face of goal, went all the way to to Fossil on the far side. Uh, and his ball in uh, was looking for Reeves, who was getting forward in that number 10 position, which was good to see. But the, the defender just got a foot in there. Uh, it came out to Ahmed Kashi, who very nearly scored his second goal in two games. So interesting to see that Kashi is now finding a bit more confidence to go forward. It is. I mean, maybe because he is just a touch more confident going forward, having Jake behind him, than he is in having Joe. Um, you know, I'm a great Joe Aribo fan, and I, I thought he was a bit unlucky to be dropped straight away. But, you know, if it's going to give Kashi more licence to go forward 
you know, swap it up a bit because you know the the opposition are probably expecting Jake to make those runs mm. and they're not watching Ahmed. Yeah. So if he can get in a position where he can whack it in from sort of like thirty five yards. <laughs> You know, get do it, do it. Yeah, and now this is uh, on seventeen minutes. This is uh, an example of why it is so good to have a player like Tariq Fossey who's there to make things work. He burst into the area down the left hand side, put a, a dangerous low cross in that uh, I think it was McGuinness in the middle who was just ready to touch it home, but the, the defender got a last ditch touch in to to put it over the crossbar, uh, and that's where we scored from. That big Paddy B, that's his his third goal of the season. He's uh, obviously he's. Uh, on his return from injury, he'd only actually played once in the last. It was one month he'd been out injured, but that game he played a month ago, I can't remember who it was against off the top of my head. That was his only appearance in two months because he'd come back, played in that game, and was injured again. So great for him to start uh, start with, with a goal as well, and, and you know, always good to see a defender getting forward and, and making their presence felt in the opposition box. Yeah, I think he's just a touch more comfortable bringing the ball out of defence himself. Whereas I think you know Lennon. Like you know, likes to hit a long pass. I think with Paddy, he can dribble it out and dribble it through the midfield. You know, so I, I think he's got a touch. I think maybe paying him too much of a compliment. A touch of a Ferdinand about him that he's, he can get to the halfway line and not get a nosebleed. Yeah, he can murk yeah. people so. whenever he wants. <laughs> uh, so there, Charlton take the, uh, the the one nil lead, and you're setting up thinking, right, here we go, because we had been fairly dominant that time, and then we had a flurry of free kicks and corners uh, into the penalty area. Couldn't make anything count. It was 25 minutes before Doncaster got their first real uh, effort on goal. Is uh, Marquise, the uh, the former Millwall striker, with with a low shot that was straight at Ben Amos but I mean it just showed that I mean in that first half it, was, it really was us soaking up a bit of pressure and then looking on the counter every time and that's I mean that is how you expect us to be playing away from home I mean it is I mean and it's, it's good to see it's that we're not gonna you know we've seen some teams come here and they've scored and there's still been a half to go and then they've suddenly put 10 men behind the ball mm. and so I, th- I think Carl's ethos is you know we've, we've got to keep attacking but you know if we're going to be that dominant in that that's when we need to score it's not you know, straight away. Put, mm. put two, if we're two, three up at half time, that's it. It's a damage limitation for the other side. But at one nil, it's it's easy for the opposition manager at half time to say, right, it's only one goal, so we'll we'll keep chipping away. We'll start. We'll do the things which we're doing. We'll, we'll correct our mistakes. So it's mm. it's. I think it's easier sometimes for the op, for the home manager if you're one nil down to change it round yeah and then uh, right on the stroke of half time now this sort of summed uh, Josh McGuinness up for me it was a corner for, for Doncaster a corner came in he was the one who headed it clear it started off a, a lightning counter attack with Fossu I mean we all know how quick Fossu is bursting over halfway sent the ball forward for Reeves now this is where Reeves should have, should have had a shot he was maybe 8 yards from goal direct in line with the goal he should have shot Lack of confidence, it would seem, come through. But the, the person he pulled it back to on the edge of the box was Josh McGuinness. He'd won that header, made his way up the pitch, and it shows how hardworking he is. But again, it shows how we're at times not ruthless, and ruthless is going to, probably going to be the word uh, of, of the show. You know, Ben Reeves didn't have that ruthless streak to fire across the goalkeeper and put it into the back of the net. When it came back to Josh, there was two or three Donny players within, uh, in between him and the goal. His shot was blocked. It came out to Marshall, who saw a, a shot blocked as well, and eventually they hacked it clear. So, yeah, perhaps that that little spell of play there pretty much summed up what our performance was all about yesterday. Excellent counter attack, not ruthless enough, and then not, didn't quite have the luck as well when it was, with the bouncing <laughs> yeah. around because well, they it, got it in the second half. It's worrying with Reeves. Because you know he he scores quite a few goals or has or has done for his previous team, mm. you know to get in that position and then go oh I, I can't have a go myself. Mm. Thinking look you have a go yourself you're going to score the keeper's going to save it or you're going to spoon it over the bar. But you've made a decision to he's got to the to the edge and then gone oh no let me give it to one of the strikers. Well, why, why do you think his confidence might be low? Because I mean like I say he. he 
he, he he was a good. He is a good player. He scored plenty of goals last season. Why why is he not taking that shot? I don't know. Pochettino was at the start of the season. You know, he he wasn't in because he was injured. Uh, or no, he wasn't fit, wasn't he? At the start mm. of the season, he hadn't had a proper pre-season, and then he's been in and out and in and out. I mean, he could be one of those players. He needs four or five games, solid, you know, consistent games to get that kind of um, what's the word? stamina going and get his, his ability back and get his iron on goal. Um, thing is, I'd be interested to see, you know, if, if our stats guys could work out how many times that McGuinness has headed the ball in his own area. Because I'm, I'm, I know a lot of people are saying, oh, you know, we should have let McGuinness go on loan and kept Car- uh, Carlin. But Carlin wouldn't have put his head on anything in the area mm. as a defender. Where Josh, you know, he's he's got the height, he's got a leap, he's got a good defensive header. You know, so I, I, I'm, a, I'm a Josh fan, so it's... Yeah, so I, I certainly, uh, yeah, you can't underestimate the amount of work he does for us in uh, in our in our defensive sphere. Now, uh, after half time, again, again, we started well. I mean, Doncaster, they were they weren't really much cop at all yesterday, and that's why it's so frustrating to come to come away with uh, uh, with just a point. And uh, at the start of the second half, there's a beautiful move from from Jay De Silva where someone had played a, a raking ball across to the left hand side, and the defender was coming towards him, and Jay controlled it and took him past it. Uh, took it past him with one beautiful touch, really deft, but took it past the man, uh, put the ball into Fosu, and again, in the penalty area, a couple of stepovers, great close control, it comes to the finish, and it's a, it wasn't even a bad shot, to be fair, but Ian Lawler in the uh, in the Donny goal made a, a good save. So Jay De Silva as well, I mean, as a left-back getting forward, uh, we, we see that plenty of times from him, and he, and he looked really good yesterday. Well, I think um, it's noticeable, if you look at De Silva now, to how he was, well, I mean, we knew he was a good player, and I was pleased to see him come back to us. But I think possibly the coaching he's received this season has has improved him as a player as well because I think his crossing is is a lot lot better now. I mean he's quick. He doesn't. He can he can knock it past. He's he's got good close control. I mean he's actually got a very good shot on him. I wouldn't be surprised to see him score, you know, a thirty five yard sculpture before the end of the season. <laughs> so I think you know it's credit to the coaching he's received here this season and having a, a solid. You know, he's not in and out of the team because we don't really have much cover on the left side. I mean, Page is only just coming back. Mm. So if he was injured, we're a bit we're a bit stuck on that side. But I think he's he's been for, easily for me one of my top three players of the season. Yeah, right. And then another big chance. This is I mean, this is how shows go these days. We're listing massive chances that we miss. <laughs> and then at the end, we'll, we'll list something disappointing when they score. But there was, a, there was a good chance where a free kick was floated into the box. McGuinness nods it down and this time Reeves did go for goal it's sort of like a instinctive strike on the volley towards the near post again Lawler's pulled off a good save and, I mean you get to you get to times where you're sometimes thinking oh this keeper's not going to be beaten today and then you think oh do you think oh is the finishing not quite up to stand I mean in this particular case I thought Reeves did everything he could do really there and volleyed it at goal but sometimes you get a goalkeeper who's not going to be beaten more than once as I well. mean we've come up against that a couple of times this season where you know the team has been bad but their goalkeeper's been outstanding um, and that's just the way it goes. But we, you know, we've also won games where Amos has, you know, kept us in it and got us for points. So, you know, Lawless, you know, he's picking up a wage from Doncaster. He's doing his job, and you know, if he's a half decent goalkeeper, you know, he's no Turam, he can catch a ball. <laughs> so, you know, I think you've got to sometimes, you know, as frustrating as it is for us, you've also got to give credit where credit's due mm. in, in with a goalkeeper with a save. Because, you know, I've I've seen goalkeepers make amazing saves right in front of me in the lower north from the opposition team. And you've just got to stand up and go, you know what, that's a really good yeah. save. 
and then the, the, our, our biggest chance really to to put daylight between ourselves and Doncaster came on on seventy seven minutes. Now Fossey was uh, uh, spotted a, a Doncaster defender sort of dilly dallying in the middle of the just inside the the Donny half, pounced on it, and he's all of a sudden he's, he's bearing down on goal one on one. You know the keeper's standing up tall, so he's he's made the decision to go round him. So he could have shot. He decided to go round him, and the goal's gaping. It's just Tom Anderson's come out of absolutely nowhere and wiped him out. I mean, when you see something like that. I mean, you start, you're wishing all of a sudden, oh, why didn't you take it first time? But if he takes it around the keeper and he's got a simple finish, is it is it one of those ones where you, you don't know what to say? Cause... Again, again, you you look at it in a mirror image. You know, if that happens to us, he goes around Amos and Jay De Silva appears from nowhere and toes it away. You're going, wow, that's a fantastic tackle. And sometimes you say, you know, give credit to the tackle. Um it's 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 hard. You can't blame Fosu. You know he's he's made a decision. He's gone around the keeper, and he wasn't expecting the guy to rampage past him and take the ball off him. It's you know he thought he had a you know maybe a second or mm. two seconds more than he did. Yeah. So I just think I mean he, he took it around the keeper really really nicely as well. And as soon as just as he got round, I think that, I don't know if if you look at his feet, there was just a tiny the tiniest of stumbles just as he was standing up to poke it in. <laughs> oh, but I mean that that would have been it. That would that would have killed him off because Donny were really not that good yesterday and that that would have been the uh the the thing that finished it off now so we get into the last 10 minutes and now we start making the, the subs the first sub actually came uh on uh i think it was eight minutes um eight minutes left to go when when fossu makes way for Sully kai kai um i mean surprised by that i mean in, in a way um he was you know protecting fossu who's coming he's still coming back from injury don't forget uh, and bringing on a Kai Kai. Now, the, I think one of the problems we perhaps had last week was where we brought on both Kai Kai and Gyro at the same time. Um, and perhaps they weren't quite in the system and weren't tracking back again. So to bring on one of them, and you know, as, a, as someone with fresh legs who should be able to track back, I mean, do you agree with that decision at the time? <sighs> you know what? It's, it's with, you know, with the benefit of hindsight, you'd say, well, who, you know, maybe it would have been better. Do you put Zyro on who's got a touch more height than Kai Kai? You know, do you put a Rebo on and just really dense out of the midfield or you know he's put on Kaiko because he's thinking no they're going to pile forward if we get a chance on the break he's whip it quick you know he's a he's a you know he's a good young player maybe he, he can he can get us something especially let's say he's going to drop Josh back into midfield um it, it's it's hard with with that with, you know 10 minutes to go you know, it's it's a gamble, and it's mm. a gamble yesterday, which which failed. Yeah, so. I mean, because because yeah, it, it could go either way, and that's the, that's the annoying thing. I mean, I think you said it earlier on in the show. If we, if if we bought in another uh, you know attacking players, because ne- next one to come on was, was Jacko, who came on with about five minutes left. And the amount of times when we conceded late, and we people have called for why didn't Jacko come on and shore it up? You know, he did come on, and then all of a sudden there, there, there is a goal down the other end anyway. And uh, so that's, it's one of those ones where you never really know which way it's going to go. Now, the final substitution was uh, three minutes into injury time. Uh, Jay De Silva was taken off for Harry Lennon. Now, if you think back to the home game against uh, against Doncaster, where we, we won the game 1-0, which is what we should have done yesterday, uh, you, you'll probably remember that Navi Sar was brought on for Jay De Silva in the second half because they were sending long diagonals towards Jay De Silva because you know he's not the tallest player in world football. Uh, so he brought on Navi Sar, who obviously is very tall, and Harry Lennon himself is tall. Uh, so again you, you kind of think that would make sense because it worked beforehand if we need to, a tall player to deal with an aerial bombardment that's coming in that, that would be the, the right decision that would be the perfect decision surely true I was about to say Jay De Silva's probably not the tallest person on a Sabutio team um, <laughs> but I'd say you've got to think the referee in the 93rd minute he's going to add on the time for the substitution you know keep him on 
and maybe he doesn't add that time and they don't score in that last 30 seconds. Mm. So, and De Silva's got a good leap on him. I mean, he's, he's, they, other teams have tried that this season, tried piling it up, and he's either very close to the player leaping or he gets his head on it, you know, or they can't get that big head across because he's, he still puts himself around De Silva. He's, he's, got, he's got a spring on him. Mm. So, I'd, that's, a, that's, that's, that's the tough one out of the... Um, three subs mm. you know to understand I can understand Jacko I can understand Kai Kai putting Lennon on in the 93rd minute where you know the referee's going to add the time it's taken you know because you know De Silva's taken a doodle off thinking oh, I'm going to wind down the clock the referee's just going to go you know what I'm going to add on another minute mm. so and in that minute we concede so you know have we shot ourselves in the foot with that last sub that out of the three out of the three of the decisions I would say is the one which I wouldn't have made mm. Uh, and then Karma strikes, of course, when uh, when that that freakish deflection uh, from McCulloch's shot go lands in that area where there is no one. I mean, you said you thought. I mean, I thought Amos did come out and make himself reasonably big for that, but it's just the way that Blair headed it. He almost headed it more softly than you'd expect. It's yeah. like almost like a like when uh, when uh, someone's bowling at the end of the innings and just uh, uh, bowls a medium pace one down to try and catch the batsman out when they've been. Bowling fast pace all, all, all innings. It's one of those where he, Amos almost went too soon. Yeah, uh, and, and he snucks in. And oh, I hate Doncaster after that. Now, <laughs> <laughs> did you go home and break your mug? <laughs> no, it's a brand new mug. Got a very nice mug from so Doncaster actually. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but no, hugely frustrating. And at full time, I mean, then you can see you could see just how deflated the players were coming off there. I mean, I saw saw Bauer coming off and, and looking at the big screen actually to watch the replay uh, of the goal. We were all watching that replay in the dugout as well and trying to work out if it was Lennon who lost his man or if it was McGuinness or if. It is just one of those last-ditch freaky things that can happen. A shot goes up in the air, everyone's bundling on top of the shot to try and stop it going through. It falls into the one bit where we've where we've vacated space, and so very frustrating at full time. Now, I mean, we got a bit of a let off there that, that um, Bradford went and conceded a last-minute equaliser at home to Bury at least. So the, these last two games, I mean. We've been given a bit of a let-off, but at the same time, if we'd held on, we could be quite comfortably in the playoff places now. Well, it's, it happened a lot. I don't know if you watch any of the other highlights of our league. There were quite a few goals after the 90th minute. And, you know, it does happen. It happens all round. Mm, wouldn't happen I mean, if my petition gets its way. <laughs> I mean, no, yeah, we're, we're not in a bad position at all. You've got to think there's we're seventh. So there's 19... How many, how many teams in the division? 24. 24. <laughs> 24. Okay, so there's 17 teams who would rather be where we are. Mm. So, And we've got games in hand. Two games in hand on, on Two Bradford, games in yeah. hand. So, you know, mid-playoff. Mid, mid you know, I, I think we'll finish top six. As to where in the top six, don't know. You know, I know who I don't want to face in the, in the playoffs. But, mm. you know, I, I think we've got enough about us and we've got enough leading up to the end, the end of the season with enough winnable games, you know, you look at them on paper, but there's enough there for us to say, you know, we're still going to be very and very bad. So I don't think we're going to drop off now. You know, I think I can see teams above us dropping dropping off mm. and having some bad runs because a few of them haven't had any bad runs at all. Mm. So, you know, I'm, 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 I'm a glass half full at the moment. I'm still looking at the league table thinking, that's not a bad place to be because oh. sometimes a team who sneaks in, you know, into six does does well because yeah. you've got the momentum hopefully that'll be us right time to hear from Carl Robertson but just before that don't forget if you guys want to have your say on yesterday's game you can email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk you can tweet us at charltonlive plenty of you have got in contact already and we will uh, read those after we hear from Carl Robertson now 
he says the word ruthless about 50 times. So I want to know, why are we not ruthless? Uh, text in, why are we not ruthless? What's stopping us from being ruthless at Charlton Live? Let us know. Right, This is what Carl had to say uh, to myself and to, uh, I think to, to Jake and to Terry and to Clive after yesterday's game up at Doncaster. I don't think the players done anything wrong. It took two deflections and the players are throwing their bodies at the line. It's just, it's, a, it's someone on the heel and loops of someone and, and H came on to obviously pat and then a bit of a, an engineer hit more and more dives into Jay so we came on to, to shore everything we did say was to shore up they did not create a chance so we've done our job but the thing is that you have an unlucky deflection and it drops someone who scores that's not we, our shape today but, but the most important thing is the big thing for me is you don't take your chances at 1-0 I said this to you last week we need to be more ruthless when we go 1-0 up we were excellent today I don't think anyone can write a negative thing about our performance. The big thing is that we've just not turned a very comfortable position into three points. And that's what it was. This is something we've talked about quite a lot this season where chances are being created and just, yeah. just can't quite well, take I can't like score one. them. Um, we have to be more ruthless. We have to have more of an edge. I think sometimes when we go into these situations, people think we'll get another one, we'll get another one. And it's not, we need to find that ruthless edge. That's a big thing for me. Just the players in there, be more ruthless. Listen, well, one or two points outside the players with two games in hand. I'm sure if you offered that to most teams, they would take that right now. But still, if we don't learn right now these situations, we'll just drift the season away. Like, I remember got, I think we were on 46 points with only four or five games to go last year. We sat on 47 with a number of games still to go. We're miles ahead of where we were last year. But we're still, but, but because of the perfections of what we weren't trying to achieve, we're still a million. We've got to be more ruthless. And if I was coming to you and saying, yeah, we scored from a set piece. We didn't really create many chances, but we held on nearly. I'd be more disappointed. No, we're creating chances. We created chances against Oxford. We created chances against Doncaster, and didn't take them. And they're the bits that frustrate me. It's two two weeks in a row now. This has happened. Is that going to affect the players' morale or anything? No, like that? no, because it's gone now. Um, if you look at it though, the big thing for me, I've just posted the players in there. I think Warsaw was in it was in ninety plus, uh, MK was ninety plus. I think something in the region fifteen I think if you, if you if we would have held on from ninety minutes on, it's an extra fifteen there would have been fifteen points guaranteed. I think we've only nicked something in the region that maybe I think it's four or five now. So we've thrown away ten points in the last two minutes and that's not tactical because tactically we made subs today I told you we made subs and we learnt from that mistake and today we've not given them an opportunity everything worked in the way we wanted to but when you have two deflections it drops to someone unmarked about post the right back of all people if we had an ulti- a big criticism I'd say we let Coppinger out too, too, too easy in this corner but we were cruising at no stage today did I feel frustrated or like we were ever going to throw the game away Performance-wise, it was a good performance day. In particular, Tariq Fosu once again stood yep. out for me. Tariq was ex- exceptional, but he's got to score. And you can see he's still getting back to fitness. We've got to protect him for the next game and the next game. If, if, he, if he runs his little legs into the ground, he'll, he'll find it very, very difficult. And we just felt the more and more... We, we always felt they were going to score down our, down our left. It was because Tariq's so offensive in his shape that that's an area that people look to pick us off. We spoke of that against Oxford. The more thing Josh McGuinness does give us, gives us a little more stability in that. So everything we learned from Oxford, we put right. But still, Lady Luck just wasn't on the player side. They thought the referee with some of his decisions he made. I think he got bullied into one or two things as well. I think he was quite weak in some of his decisions. Um, and we're not getting the rub of the green. I tell me how leading up to the goal, right, when the assistant referee gives it to us, he's looking at it. The referee's further away and he gives it the other way. How, how's that? How? The, the assistant referee was so clear on his decision. Reeves, he was in and he was onside. 
So the tackles that were on Tariq in the first half you've got player people at the top level moan about what their players get There's, listen come down to this level and see the challenges that our players get at this level so today I think his performance was so inconsistent chance to try and get three points in a huge game at the Valley on Tuesday now against Bradford yeah it is yeah um, obviously they'll probably have a new manager by then as well and that'll give them a bit more impetus I think there's, there's rumours that that's almost done so we, we, we're going to be seems to be playing all these teams when they're getting new managers um, but we've got some big games coming up Bradford then MK away a week today it's a big week and it's important listen we got off with a point we wanted three it's not to be we've not lost contact with anybody else in the rounders maybe just Rotherham maybe but what that's certainly done with that result has certainly brought Scunthorpe back into the pack as well so uh, listen we've got to play everybody as well that's, that's a lot of games and big games coming up thanks Carl the players shouldn't be disheartened at all today. Should no, they, really? no. Listen, the players, the players' mentality is still the same. I don't think they can be too disappointed with the performances. I don't think any of them can turn around and say they didn't play well today. No. I think every player played really well, but it's still you've still not won the game, and they've they've got the win off us by a deflection. In the big uh, moment just before half time, make it two 0 there, and that's... yeah, you got you got that chance. But whether you want to blame Reevesy for not finishing or Josh for not finishing, when you want to blame Tariq for that one, when you want Reevesy for the other one, where he's hit inside, Tariq when he's gone one on one, he's hit it high and he keeps me the wonder saves high to his right. You can you can go through a number of opportunities. I, I could be wrong here. Did they only have two shots on target today? Well, we only counted one Marcus. save from Amos Marcus the in the first, first half. half so we've come in and done our job. Yeah, and that's the bit that's frustrating me. Mm. And listen, the fans were excellent. Obviously disappointed at the end, just as we were. That's that's an amazing support to come up here, and we feel like we let them down a little bit. But you come away with a point rather than last week when it was uh, yeah. even more depressing. Every, every cloud in some ways. But uh, listen, there's there's a long way to go. A lot more fight left in us. And Carl, I'm just with Tariq, um, taking off in the 82nd minute. I know you said because you wanted more stability on the left, uh, but he seemed quite upset when he came off. I think he chucked his water bottle, or gloves, or something. <laughs> that doesn't bother me. Huh? That no. doesn't bother me. Yeah. 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 Should have chucked the ball in the net. It would be yeah, nice. Yeah. And um, with him, are you, are you still maybe cautious? Yeah, we are 100%. It? Yeah, I think you've seen we played Steffi in 1990 yeah. and put people near an injury thing. We lost to Tariq and we lost to Steffi. I think we'll find ourselves a little bit low in that area. So we've got there's also a protection element to that as well sometimes. But I say every substitution we made today seemed to work. We made substitutions the other day and he didn't work. It was very obvious and why we conceded. And they created the opportunity to our poor discipline or indiscipline. Today that wasn't the case. And with Paddy, did you say he was injured? Who? Patrick Bauer. Yeah, no, he had cramp late on oh, in the right. game. That's why we, we put we put Len on to sort of yeah. we put Len on alongside Jay De Silva the way they were playing. It would have been a little bit. So we just said to Jay to, to Len stay a bit narrower and and, and go when you which he did. Big this, performance from Bauer, wasn't it? Yeah, he was excellent for Jay De Silva. I thought this, I, I think you'd find it hard to find a bad player today. Mm. I think you really would. And will Pissy be back for Tuesday? He's, he trained. He's, he's trained today. He trained with us Thursday, Friday. He trained against today. He'll recover tomorrow. He'll train with us on Monday. And it could be a possibility. He could be on the bench on on, um, on Tuesday. And, and also Nicky and Jose including the matchday squad. I think yeah. for the first time since last January. Yeah. Could you see that happening this time? Maybe a month ago. No, no. But he's been, he's been very open and very honest in one or two things, and I can't ask no more. Superbly well to win it off of uh, Maloney and now set up a Hearn Grant on the left hand side of the penalty area. A Hearn Grant, little step over, ball back across, oh, behind everybody. It's going to be picked up by Forster Kasky on the other side of the penalty area. Forster Kasky, left foot shot, oh, what a oh, goal! Oh, what a finish! Oh, 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 what a belter! 
from Jake Forster Kasky to absolutely round off a glorious afternoon for the Addicts. So good to hear from Carl Robinson there uh, after yesterday's one-all draw up at Doncaster. Now he mentioned it himself, and it'd be uh, I'll be doing them a disservice if I also didn't mention it here on tonight's show. But the support yesterday up at the Keepmo Stadium was absolutely superb. There was I think 783, I think it was Charlton fans who made the way up, so just under just under 800. But they did not stop singing from the first minute to the last, and um, uh, absolutely brilliant support. And I don't think they you know they deserved the three points, and unfortunately they didn't get it. But that's that's part of being a Charlton fan, I guess. But yeah, superb support and. Uh, you know, well done to to everyone who who travelled up there. Carl's uh, reaction. I mean, do you agree with what he said in the whole? I mean, he's, he's obviously frustrated that we didn't take our chances because we're, we're, we're talking about the players who played well, like Fosu, and he said, yeah, he played well, but he didn't take his chance, and that must be so frustrating for a manager who knows that someone like Tariq Fosu can score more goals than he has in the last couple of weeks. True. I mean, pretty much he, he realised he couldn't point the finger at anybody as he could after the Oxford game. At the Oxford, he could say, you know, it was too much me, me, me. And after this game, you know, if they were honest, you know, in their performance, and you know, I think he recognises it's it's just one of those, you know, kick you in the teeth moments which happen in football. So happen all the time to us. <laughs> uh, my twenty five years of watching Charlton has been non stop teeth kicking, unfortunately. Right, let's have a look at the uh, the correspondence uh, from yesterday. Uh, first one uh, comes in from Mark Cutler actually he says uh, could you say a happy ninth birthday to my son Freddie Cutler who was actually last it was actually last week but I forgot to send the message he's a massive Charlton fan uh, and he sent us a picture of his cake that was made for his very, very talented mum so happy birthday uh, to young Freddie there right Phil uh, tweets us says hi guys how many more times are we going to throw games away late on yes we can play, uh, blame the players for their game management but ultimately the manager has to take the blame his substitutions have cost us so many points over the season the squad are underachieving right Right now, and new owners have a big decision to make. For me, it's 50-50. A couple more late failures, and I think it could be goodbye to Robbo. And obviously, uh, with the the takeover in whatever stage it is, I mean, it, it looked like as we were coming towards the end of last week that a, a deal in terms of a price has been agreed. I think is what what Rick Everett was getting at. I mean, he said said done deal, so a price has been agreed by the sounds of it. Uh, still, with a couple of things to to sort out, is what Rick said. Um, so when that happens, I mean, we've been talking about it for a while now, but. How easy is the decision that whoever the new owner is has to make in in regards to to Carl Robinson? Because um, I mean, I, he's, he's our under Roland, he's got the best win percentage. I, I in terms don't of a manager. It's, I don't think it's an easy decision at all. I mean, if they might come in, obviously they're going to come in with our, their own plans to do things. You know, not knowing who it is, how much do they know about this league and what it takes to get out of this league, and the kind of manager it would take to get out of this league? Because you know, you know, you're not going to put in. A very very experienced international premier ex premier manager, in you know you need someone who who knows what the grit and the dirt is in this division, mm. and I think you know Nathan's always calling Carl Marmite, you know yeah. you love him and hate him, and I'm thinking, you know, and I, I totally agree. I'm thinking he he does divide the people. I think, and like I said at the start of the show, he did yesterday 
what we wanted him to do the week before. And you're thinking, well, you can't berate him for, you know, what we want, what thought was the correct decision the week before. I mean, if, so, if it weren't for a freak deflection, we will be talking about the perfect away performance yesterday. Yeah. I mean, I was getting ready to, you know, as, as we go into injury time, I'm always preparing my, what I'm going to say at full time and, and, and whatnot. And I, was, I had some, you know, perfect away performance, wondering how on earth they only won by one goal. Charlton's third clean sheet on the road in a row, haven't conceded away from home since Boxing Day. I had all that ready to go. It's obviously it's my fault that happened. But, I mean, we, we were so close to what would have been a good performance and what people would have been looking at. Oh, look, four, uh, four wins out of the last five. Carl's got them playing now. We want them again. But this is going to sound funny. I mean, go back to the playoff final at Wembley. We score first, and we were famous for having the tightest of tight defences. Mm. And you went, one, you know, we went one 0 up, and thought, you know what, this is it. We're going to win this one nil. And you got to think that finished four four. We want, you know, and we conceded four goals in the in the game, which we never thought we would do. Mm. And you got to think, yourself, it happens. It just does happen in football. And you know, it's two games which have happened next to each other, which is why it feels so raw. Mm. If they'd been ten games apart. You know, you wouldn't even be. We wouldn't even be talking about. Oh, you know, we've conceded again late. Mm. It's only because you know it was Oxford and it was Donny, yeah, and it was. But at the same time, like you know, we, the stats do sort of add up. The, the the goals we concede most are in the last ten minutes. But with the stats, the most common time. If it's it's across football, the most common mm. time for a goal to be scored in a football match is the ninetieth minute. Mm, because they because it's because it's it takes in any goal scored after ninety. Yeah. So you've got to think, in that ha- if that's the most common time to score, the mm. highest ratio of goals are scored if, after the 90th minute, it's, it's not just us. Like mm. I said, it's benefited us yeah. this season. And so. Was, yeah, so at the same time, I can, I can turn the stat around. So from in the last half an hour of games, 20, 40, uh, we've scored 55% of our goals have come in the last half an hour, including 20% in the last 10 minutes. So maybe it is you know, just uh, how, how things go. But we, we, it's not like we always finish badly. We have sometimes finished quite strongly as well. Uh, we very rarely score goals. In fact, we haven't scored a single goal in between the 41st uh, minute and the 50th minute. And that includes half time, so that's an extra fifteen minutes that we haven't scored in there as well. But inter- interesting <laughs> yeah, yeah. stat there. Maybe uh, if we did come out at half time and the other team didn't, we might yeah. score. I don't so. know if you watch the crossbar challenge. We don't. We never score in that either. Right? Uh, Evs James <laughs> tweeted in last night saying, "Evening, uh, we just cannot kill a game off. Why take De Silva off? Lennon is not up to scratch yet. Kr does not read the game when we have less than five minutes left. It's he who needs extra coaching. I like him, but he's missing something. I mean, do, do you agree with that? I mean, people, people always." when goals have gone in late last couple of games people will straight away look at the manager and say oh the tactics wrong but as we sort of said I mean we've tried both things both things you could do in other than making no changes in in the last couple of games and they both they both ended in tears but if you reverse it and we were one nil down and he made those subs and we equalized for 94th minute would everyone be going oh what a genius he was for making the subs they probably wouldn't they'd be saying oh you know it's the players so you know it's it's <sighs> Khan can only do so much to influence the game. You know, he's mm. chosen the players who have trained well, who he thinks are the best players to do the job. You know, and sometimes it is the players have to look at themselves. And like I say, if you anyone who's seen the highlights of yesterday, see that deflection and think, you know, that could have spun anywhere mm. and it landed on the noggin of their right back. So I think it's harsh to come out and say, oh, you know, I blame Carl for this, this draw. Because you're thinking, you know, if before the game, you know, on the, on the run we're on, if you say, you know, take a point up at Doncaster on a pitch which isn't great, 
um, would you take it? And I'd presume more than 50% of the fans would probably say, yeah, I'll take a point up there. Mm. You know, because, you know, you, you, you always adjust your sights. If you go a goal up, you want to win. If you go a goal down, you say, right, we'll take an equaliser, we'll take a point from here. Mm. So it reminds me of when I went to a, a, an away game at Norwich a few years ago, and I remember I was saying, I was saying to a mate during the week, so I'm going up, uh, we're up at Norwich on, on Saturday, and he said, oh yeah, what are you thinking? I said, well, you know, I'll tell you what, I, I remember before the game said, I'll take a point, as long as we don't do anything stupid, like chuck away a two-goal lead. Chucked away a two-goal lead in the last minute, drew two all, but so, so I was still frustrated at the end of it, even though I t- we got the point that I said, uh, that I said I'd take. Right, uh, Fry Fury uh, tweets in, three wins in our last 13 league games is not good enough. The form table for our last 15 games has us placed in 17th, not good enough. Robinson disappearing ooh, straight down the uh, the tunnel rather than showing acknowledgement to us travelling fans yesterday, not good enough. He wants a new owner and he wants a new manager, uh, says Fry Fury. I mean, at full time, I mean, I say the frustration must does boil over. I mean, you would prefer I mean I, I have to admit I didn't particularly see what, what Carl did at full time but Fry saying he might have just, just wandered off down the, down the tunnel there which but. isn't normally Carl's style normally mm. he tells the players to go around you know regardless um, I'd read on you know different accounts of people being frustrated that the players didn't acknowledge the fans and so you know the noise of the fans was mentioned by quite a few people yesterday during the game and say about the constant singing and support so you can understand the players feel as down and maybe they, you know, but you think to yourself, well, it's a long way to go on a Saturday mm. up to Don, Donny for for a point. So make some effort. Or did they think, oh, if we go over, are we going to get booed or are we going to get... Mm. And it, it's, it's hard. I mean, I think, you know, they'll probably look at that and go, no, we should have made more of an effort mm. if that's true, but... It's, it's a hard one to call with that. Yeah, Ray Bates tweeted in earlier saying we need some news to break in a bit, or uh, Louis Mendes and Charlton Live are going to have to talk about salvaging a draw from a one-nil good uh, good hiding we were giving to range uh, to. Uh, Doncaster Rovers well, unfortunately nothing interesting has broken so we have had to talk about yesterday's game uh, Colin Hart says I've always wondered why managers make subs when you're running the show never got it and never will players cold I remember playing in the Kent League he was subbed on and then uh, on, and then the final whistle went <laughs> that, that probably says uh, about your performance that day Colin that you were only subbed on just as the, the, the final whistle was about to go uh, but I mean uh, that is the point I mean did you look at the fact that we're 1-0 up and we're defending pretty comfortably or do you all of a sudden think well, actually I'm not going to change anything I'm going to go through without making any subs I mean, um, don't, you don't often see it. You don't often see it. I mean, it's, you could probably go back quite a few seasons to when we didn't actually make a substitution. Um, but again, it's like I say, he's saying, thinking, OK, we're 1-0 up. We've got Bradford at home on Tuesday. Do I risk Fozzie getting a knock in the last five minutes? Do I risk losing, you know, one of my more important players? Or do I say, you know what, I'll, I'll bring him off just so, you know, for, for looking a game ahead and maybe looking too soon. Mm. Um, again, it's it's damned if you do, damned if you don't. If if he leaves Fozzie on and we don't make any subs and we concede in the last minute, everyone's going to say, why didn't you make these subs? Why didn't you put on Jacko? Why didn't you put on Lennon? So it's, 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 it's a no-win situation it sometimes. It is, you know, yeah. and also with the, oh, you know, Carl's got to go. And apart from, I think, Gary Monk's the only manager who I rate who's out of work at the moment. Has he gone somewhere or I made that up? He, he, oh, he got sacked by Borough. Yeah, yeah. And he's the only one who I think of who's... But again, he's... Would he's, he come down to League would One? Would he come down to League One? And I'd love to know who, who everyone thinks 
And there's always there's, there's always somewhere there's out always, there. I mean, yeah, there yeah. are, but you've got to think yourself, well, what mm. name springs to mind? You go, you know what? He'd be really good, for, a good fit for Charlton. But Not just a good yeah. fit for the players, but a good fit for us as a club. Yeah, but don't forget the timing of it now. There's no transfer window left. So it'd be the same as when Cole, uh, well, Cole came in with a transfer window. But sometimes you get a manager who will come in and there's no transfer window left and they want to try and change the style, but they won't have a chance to get their own personal in. You know, that is something we've suffered from a lot over the last few years is inconsistency in managers and just shaking things up and, and that can really take the momentum out of something. So that's why, I mean, timing-wise, it would be strange now. I think for me, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not in, the, in, in a camp that's calling for Carl's head, even if there are some people out there after a couple of disappointing results over the last few weeks. I mean, you've got to think, look at the start of the season, it was working for us. We, we, we were scoring, you know, we were looking good. You know, we got ourselves into sort of like a good position in the top six. You know, I think the one time we were in top top two or three. Mm. And so, you know, it's it's the same manager, virtually the same players. Okay, we've you know, we've missed Clarkey, who I think has been a huge miss for us. Um and I don't think he'll bring Pierce back on Tuesday night. A even, chance to be on the bench, he said. Oh so, yeah, yeah. But only because I think I doubt we'll risk him, I doubt. I yeah. So you know, but it's a you know, it's still the same players. A new manager comes in and goes, okay, well I'm gonna play four four two. Mm. Well, does that get the best out of Josh, or is Josh actually better playing as a one with a ten behind him? So you know, as he's been playing all season, you know, you say a good, you know, you're going to have to coach these players to play your way, and we've got attacking wingers. You know, you're going to say right, let's go five at the back. I mean, we've seen Marshall play as a full back mm. in the um, cup game, and you know, he did a good job there. But it's when we played three with Jacko at the back. So, so you know, whoever you bring in, you know, are they going to change it that much? Are they going to? You're going to get, you know, you know, look at what Chris Powell's done. South End, you know, three, three first time a South End manager's got three wins and a bounce. A new one's gone in because you know the Powell effect. Mm. He's organised them, but he knows this division. He knows what he can do, and he's looked at his players there and gone right. This is what we can do well, and we're going to we're going to stick with that. You know, they beat Wigan yesterday, who have been phenomenal this yeah. season. So, you know, but I don't think a new owner coming in would suddenly go to South End and say, right, can we make you an offer? Yeah, to, to I, get I imagine that's back. pretty unlikely. <laughs> uh, I don't know, Heckenbottom left uh, Barnsley, didn't he, after, just after he signed a new contract with him, so you never know. But I think that's unlikely. Uh, London Eagle Geezer says uh, Robinson must hope that the new owners aren't installed before Tuesday. It could be a bit like Parkey versus Swindon, which, of course, Parkey. Uh, when when new owners at the time came in, Parkey had a really bad game early on against Swindon and, and soon got the uh, the elbow uh, and was asked to uh, to leave the club. Right on the chat online. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. My forum, uh, Mendonca and Astor said, surely Carl must be pulling his hair out, Louis. Surely the players should have learned 
from last week. Uh, I mean, you'd think after you do think after this happened last week, you think you'd, you'd think every, the players will be thinking everything in their in, do everything in their power to stop it this week. Which is why I sort of I think that when that ball landed on the edge of the six yard box and all of a sudden four players were rushing on it, it's because they they wanted to be on top of that shot and make sure it didn't happen. And you know, I mean, so you'll you'll read some quotes in the South London Press tomorrow from from Chris Solly. He sort of said something along the lines of, you know, if that shot was an inch to the left, it would have hit whoever deflected it square. And that would have been it. It would have been blocked. It would have been cleared, and we would have won. Yeah, I mean that's it. It's there's so many bodies. I mean, there's no there's no nice way to sort of like concede a goal, you know. But it, it could have spun in off someone's heel because there's so many people there. I think they, you know, in th- fundamentally they did the right thing defensively. And I think you know the fact that Carl's frustrated about it. Like I say he's not. He's not. You know, throwing cups and chairs and pointing at the referee and stuff. He's he's said himself. You know, it's a it's an unlucky deflection. Mm. You know, and I can't point the finger at anybody. He did point at the referee a little bit. <laughs> yeah, but you know, he likes that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Alex, to go somewhere. Yeah, Alex Mon says same old, same old. Snatching a draw from uh, the jaws of victory. A professional <laughs> team should be able to see a game out, but part of our problem is the lack of creativity and goals. We flatter to deceive on many occasions. Look good until we get to the final third. Not enough chances created, and when we do. Create an opportunity there aren't enough players in the box to take advantage to get our, ourselves promoted we have to go 4-4-2 so we get another striker preferably one who is who unlike uh, Big Josh isn't goal shy uh, into the box if we scored more we'd win simple and that's an interesting point I mean we will come on to uh, you know why do we concede so many so many late goals but um, uh, later on in the show but I mean, there is a theory I mean the theory is that if your attacking players do their job and score more than one goal in a game, well, even then last week they scored twice, it takes pressure off the defence and they're, left ner- they're less nervy at the end of a game. Is that true, though? I mean, you, you think so? Well, if they're 2 up, you're not nervous but as, two, as much. Then 2-1, two, and then 2-1 with five minutes to go, do, do those nerves not almost double, as it were? Well, not so, if it's 2-0, though, I guess. So yeah, but you can you can put mm. that in at any score. But, I mean, to be honest, I, I go back uh, to the um, mid-'80s, to when I first started watching Charlton and we've never been good at winding down the, the clock and you know in the last five minutes of keeping it in, I used to dread it where we used to get one of our players you know what I'll, I'll take it down to the corner flag and keep it there really the only person apart from what doing it against Cardiff a couple of seasons yeah, ago against Forest yeah. was it Forest yeah. we kept it for about sort of like four Two, minutes yeah. and but we've never been good, and it's you know I can't remember a sort of like a Charlton team who have been able to hold the ball in that corner. We've given it away, you know, and it gets flown up the other end. So it's just not something we do well. I'm thinking if you don't do it well, don't try it, don't attempt it, don't try and kill it. Like I say, I th- to, for me it just comes down to that third sub. Mm. Do, do you, if you if you don't make it, I think we win that game, and it's it's as simple as that, really. Martin says uh, it's no coincidence that since Robbo dropped Aribo, we've not won. The usual scapegoat, Lennon getting blamed for yesterday when it's the offensive players not taking their chances. Uh, Richard Justin pointed out, uh, as, as I mentioned earlier, they did bring on Saar at the Valley versus Doncaster and it shored us up. They were bigger than us still. We are, I feel we are physically too short generally uh, in key positions. Now, Roger, Roger Tra said, I thought supporters were really vocal yesterday, the best I've heard for a while. And yesterday was my 80th stadium out of the 92 following... Uh, Charlton, that's not a bad record at all there. Uh, Roger Sebo quite correctly points out that yesterday was very similar to the game at AFC Wimbledon last year where we were uh, you know, winning 1-0 early on, cruising it seemed, and then conceding a, a goal 
uh, in the last minute. Matthias came over from Sheffield for yesterday's game, said he's absolutely feeling gutted about yesterday's result, but sorry, uh, but sorry, but great to to be amongst the Charlton fans. Said sorry he didn't get to see me. We were going to try and meet up, but we couldn't. He said getting out of Sheffield was a nightmare because Leeds were in town. Uh, which is always a, a nightmare, I'm sure. Uh, Richard Justin, uh, again, pointing out ahead of, uh, as, as, as we said, ahead of Saturday, uh, Tuesday's game with uh, Bradford here at the Valley, that Grayson has been uh, appointed by Bradford. He got promoted out of League One with Blackpool, Leeds, Huddersfield and Preston. Uh, so uh, so he's certainly got a good track record and that uh, certainly keeps Bradford's hat very much in, in that ring Charlton XL uh, said in regard to Reeves I think it's easier to play without fear for a team like Milton Keynes Dons we're a bigger club with bigger ambition so pressure sometimes separates the average from the good do you think that could be it it could be more pressure on, on Reeves that, that's uh, making it a bit more difficult for him to find the back of the net at times this season <sighs> Yeah, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll take a question on geography, please, Louis, because I don't know the answer to that one. <laughs> um, no, I don't know I, because everyone thinks they're a, they're a big club. <laughs> yeah. You know, we are where we are. We've got the history. We've got the ground. You know, but okay, Milkins Keynes, they didn't. But I think you know, there's just probably as much pressure playing for any any team as as there is all through the divisions. It's it's just. Um, but, you know, the rewards are greater in a premiership and the championship than they are here financially, but the pressure is probably the same. Mm. I mean, you're still going out trying to do your job because you're thinking if you don't do your job, you don't play. If you don't play, you know, there's every chance, you know, when it comes to a contract, you get released. So, you know, there's pressure always, all the way around. I, I don't think it's that with Reeves. I honestly think it's because it's, it's pre-season and he's, he just hasn't been up to game speed. And like I say, if he thinks... Three, four games in a row, because I, you know, I don't have the thing in front of me. But you know, I don't he, know how many really, games he's, he's done that. Yeah. yeah, how many games he's actually played to get that kind of look at Marshall now. Marshall, I was one of Marshall's biggest critics, and I think he's had six, seven games on the, on a row now. And each each week, he's impressing me more and more. We're getting to see the Marshall, which we know is a danger. So maybe Reeves is just in that camp. Mm. Uh, right message on the Jimmy Seeds uh, grandson Jim Dalton asked on the forum it'd be interesting to see the stats for when it's a Bauer and Pierce partnership he says he really struggle when one of them is missing but now so so I look, I look that up just for the show now that those two only played together as in starting together at centre back nine times this season they all came very early on uh, before the up, up to and including the 23rd of September so, but when they did play so those nine games they played with one five of them which was 56% uh, and now every other game where it's either been only one of them or neither of them playing at the same time um, is uh, we played 13 and then won 13 so 43% so our win percentage does go and go down a bit uh, yeah. when when there's only one or, or, or not both or, or, or neither of them but of course I mean it's a very small sample of, of games where they have played together only ten, only nine games yeah, no, no, I think nine is big enough for a sample um, I think Pierce is an organiser that's a thing he's a vocalist at the back there and you know, we've always said about how quiet sometimes our defence can be, you know, mm-hmm. geeing people up. And, you know, I, I, I sometimes think Solly's actually part Trappist monk because you don't hear him. You know, you don't hear them. You know, Josh is, is organising at corners. And that's for centre forward coming back and getting people organised. And you don't, you know, Jake's quite vocal, which, you know, it's quite good. But there's not a lot of noise coming out of those two centre halves. Whether mm. whether Conser's you know just concentrating on his own game, you know Bauer maybe if he's shouting at people in German would be a bit more effective. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. but you know Pierce is an organizer, and I think that's it shows when they play together. 
Yeah. Uh, Bristol Addict on the Chatton Live Forum says, never mind conceding uh, over a quarter of goals in the last 10 minutes of matches. Why haven't we been scoring enough goals before then, especially when we've been the dominant team to make these late goals irrelevant? Now, if you look at the league table, uh, uh, in our four column, we've got 40 goals. Now, Shrewsbury Town in second in the league also have 40 goals. But other than that, every team in, uh, above us in the top six, Bradford have got 47, Rotherham have scored 52. Blackburn have scored 56, Scunthorpe have scored 46, and Wigan have scored 56. So we, if you look at, you know, we're, we're on average probably five or six, seven goals behind the, the teams above us there, and that's costing us, you know, big time. Now, if those second goals do go in, third goals do go in, then we, then we will see those games out because it doesn't matter if there's a, a last-minute goal because we win 2-1, 3-1. But it's always, well, apart from the season where Powley got us up, with, you know, and we, we scored goals from all over, um... You know, I I think we talked about a few weeks ago. You know, about getting goals from all over the pitch, looking for your defence to get you ten, looking for your midfield to get you sort of like fifteen to twenty spread across all the players. Okay, we lost. You know, Holmes, who was you know was was good for goals. You know, I mean, if your defenders aren't, if your strikers aren't doing it, then your midfield have got to step up. And like I say Reeves has got to step up. Mm. Jake's got to you know get himself in there. And like I say, I again, I feel sorry for Rebo. You know, he was. He, Jake's not done anything bad, but I don't think he's deserved to come straight back in. And I think with Rebo is is quite dangerous and got his head down and could shoot and was you know with the goals he scored, you know, proves that he could be a threat. He could get sort of like five seven from midfield. Yeah. Well, it's a tough one because I mean Jake Forsakaski has been one of our players of the season for me, and I think Carl thinks that he adds more going back possibly. Uh, so. I think that's why he makes that decision. Right, let's have a quick break here on Charlton Live. Still got plenty of emails to uh, to go through and to hear your opinions here on Charlton Live Studio at charltonlive.co.uk. If you want to have a, a say before the end of the show, you can tweet us at Charlton Live. Quick break. We'll be back in 30 seconds. Charlton Live. So welcome back. This is Charlton Live on your Sunday evening. Coming to you live from the Valley here on Maritime Radio. We're looking back at yesterday's uh, one-all draw with Doncaster Rovers. Donning getting their equaliser in the 94th minute after Charlton missed an absolute hat full of chances to, to put the game to bed uh, before that. Now we've got some emails in. The first one comes from Daniel Crawford, who says, uh, Hi, Louis, and all really don't understand people calling for the head of Robinson, although I think the decision to take off De Silva and replace uh, him with Lennon was and proved to be a crazy one. He has taken us from a crumbling mess uh, under the reins of Luzon, Slade and others to challenging for a playoff spot with absolutely zero support in terms of finances uh, and contact from the man we shall not mention. Uh, just think what the man could do with full backing from the board and with finances. He's shown uh, he's a shrewd businessman bringing in players such as Fosu. I really, really believe he is the man to take us forward. Lennon, on the other hand, oh dear, oh dear, that's two games where he's been at the centre of it all. Absolutely shocking. And said, uh, as said before, he shouldn't have been on the pitch to replace De Silva. He has been brought on for a mere 180 seconds to do his job as, as a defender and ran around like a headless chicken with no special awareness, leaving two players unmarked and the space for the predictable 
equaliser. A new contract, seriously? Surely wages could be spe- better spent elsewhere. He says, cheers for making my Mondays uh, more bearable. So that's, uh, that's from Daniel there. Thanks for your, your email. Now, so, so I did mention earlier on the show that there is a possibility that people, you know, that, that perhaps the left the left midfielder who at the time was McGuinness should have been in that area as well. And there is the craziness you get from, you know, the, the last minute goal mouth scrambling that happens. But you know, I've seen a lot of fans questioning Harry Lennon over the last couple of weeks. I mean, uh, I heard there was quite a funny song going around on the train yesterday, which I mean, I'm not, I'm not really, I'm not at all one for singing against your own players, uh, but it's just the the rhyming was quite funny on it. But I mean, uh, you've seen a few fans now, um, yeah, targeting Harry. No, at the same time, you know, there are there are people. I mean, Jake uh, from the the news shopper said the other day that he felt that, that Lennon's a better player than than Esri Conza. So there are there are players, people who back. Uh, Harry Lennon as well we can't forget that there are um, I wouldn't say he was better than Konza because I think Konza's probably got a bit more flexibility around the pitch you could put him at right back you can put him in the midfield where Lennon's what I would say is an old fashioned centre half you know he's a big guy you expect him to you know either get his head on it or wipe the guy out but he doesn't seem to be doing either again though we remember he's been out for a year so you know whether he'd have been if Pierce had been fit I've got a theory that Lennon possibly could have been off on loan somewhere just to get him you know into a consistent run of games um I it's just difficult I don't want to be critical of him but I I think it's the right move if he's dropped Mm. you know without saying you know pointing the finger he was when he was dropped wasn't he of course for for Saturday's game and then and, and Bauer came in and Bauer played really well um, you know, I've I've always been one to say that I think last season in particular that Bauer has a mistake in him, but I think he's been pretty. I can't remember too many this yeah, season. Yeah, he does so. get turned sometimes, yeah, and he, he has misplaced times, yeah. a pass, and a, and a whippet's gone past him. But I don't know. Uh, you know, I haven't heard anything about Nabby, Nabby's fitness to how close he is to getting back as well. So you know, it's. I think Lennon would be possibly fifth choice to me. Pearson Bauer first, you know, then Conser with Naby and then Lennon as the fifth choice. So mm. you think if we play with a fifth choice centre half, is that that's not your best team? Mm. Chris Davin emails in same old, same old from Mr. Robinson once again. We drop points conceding late from a winning position. Apart from sometimes baffling team selections, uh, Reeves being anywhere near the starting lineup and Arivo on the bench, for example, we should be we should still be comfortably in the playoff places, not struggling to hang on to the top six's shirt tails. Uh, if it's uh, um, we're talking about the. Uh, uh, the takeover now says, if it's a done deal, as we've been told, then the new owners won't be impressed. As for the famous, uh, it's a done deal tweet, uh, we can all say this to get attention, as eventually it will turn out to be right. On seeing that tweet, Twitter went nuts. Gifts of champagne, opening, dancing, etc. Gaining loads of retweets and so having the desired effect. It's a done deal, Robinson is leaving Charlton. Maybe next week, uh, next month, five years' time, but it's going to happen one day. Uh, should this be tweeted out? Irresponsible, ridiculous nonsense, not even backed up. And finally, when questioned on the tweet, the originator of the tweet is rather less confident in and when uh, and by whom. Getting back to Mr. Robinson, he's a lucky man, gets a lot more support than he deserves for his actual performance. I think, uh, obviously now, it's, it's, it's out in the open. Uh, Chris is re- referring to Rick Everett's tweet there about the, the takeover that the, the majority of the show was based on on, on Thursday because the, the done deal tweet came out. Now, you know, reading between the lines, I mean, I mean like I said, on Thursday, I just speak to Rick on the day and I think when he said done deal, he said that the price has been agreed. There's still a couple of bits to, to be done in terms of that. So the fact that we've got a price agreed is, you know, a deal that's been done in a way, but the actual 
paperwork hasn't been signed or anything like that so may, maybe fans were getting the wrong end of the stick or, or maybe people saw that tweet and thought it's done get the champagne out And yeah, yeah. I mean I, I read that tweet and thought you know and went home said to um, my wife you know I don't think we're going to be cracking open the champagne tonight but maybe tomorrow you know and, and then suddenly nothing happens nothing happens you know, it, as I've said before on the show, it'll happen when it happens. It, it's with, with you never know with legalities and you know crossing the t's, dotting the i's, and you know something gets thrown out in the last minute. If a deal's been ag- agreed, it's it's coming down to the minutiae of things. So I can understand people. I can understand that guy's reaction to that tweet, to be mm. honest. I mean, I don't think Rick did it to become famous or get retweets. No, Rick, that... Rick, I mean, Rick doesn't need that. And he no, knows, he doesn't. He knows, so, I mean, and, and Rick you is, uh, you know, I mean, Richard Corley admitted it himself. You know, Rick is... Better terms, informed. Yeah, in yeah. terms of the takeover, he's, he's probably so, the best informed person out there other than Roland Duchat. But you can understand how it can be misconstrued. Yeah. When someone read that, they're, they're thinking, shall I make my way down to the valley because there's going to be a camera crew? Mm. You know, we can all put on party hats and get out blowers. You know, um, and bid adieu to Roland. Mm. Uh, Daniel Farmer's email uh, comes in and says, uh, another game, uh, another famous KR quote, we need to be more ruthless. How many times has he said that and no mention of the poor defending for their goal at all? He said it was an unlucky uh, deflection. I, it was quite funny, actually, yesterday, David Norris on Twitter, Nozza, was going through, I, I suddenly got about five retweets off him and he'd gone back through all my tweets o- over the season where we're talking about chances being missed all the way back to the Plymouth game. Uh, and it's, uh, it, it's not the first time it's been said uh, and Dan's quite right to, to point that out. Uh, he says, uh, what about Lennon's positioning? That was awful. Why take De Silva off? Bringing on Kai Kai, did he offer anything? Uh, he's, well, he didn't. He didn't seem to be too do too much yesterday when he came on, uh, Dan. Uh, I'll, I'll give Robinson till the end of the season if he doesn't get us into the playoffs. And he has failed, considering he has a good squad now to work with. Poor management skills and not being able to close off games, bring on attacking players when we need to shut up shop at times. I'm fifty fifty on him now. Poor form in the last few months, only a few wins and really bad tactics, which is being found out. Uh, and he goes uh, on the the four two three one. Oh my God! Change it up now and then, please. Carl says he loves his attacking football, but defending is equally important. Please, someone tell him that Tuesday is massive. Can't afford to lose because Bradford will go five points clear. I am going to Milton Keynes next Saturday, which after yesterday, I don't know why. Cheers, geezers. Thanks for your email, Dan. That's a good email, uh, and uh, I'm glad you're going up to MK because uh, away games are always fun, even if we don't win. Uh, I mean, the formation comes up again there. I mean, I mean, it's what it's. You sound like a broken record here. If we score the, if we score that second goal with that attacking player, then what happens at the last five minutes doesn't really matter. But because we haven't, what happens at the last ten minutes, five minutes does matter. And again, we haven't cl- closed the game out, so yeah. you can see the frustrations. You can, but it's all if, if, if. You know, if my aunt had a winkle, she'd be my uncle. So it's, <laughs> it's take your word for that. It's you know you you can't. As I, as I said, and like I say, we could probably play back. We could probably not come in tonight and played an old show, and no one would have noticed because we've been saying the same things. Mm. Um, it's it's nothing you can do to warrant it. You know, you can blame so much. You know, as as, as football fans, we we look for sometimes we're not getting the result we want. We look for you know a scapegoat, someone to blame. Is it the pitch? Is it the referee? You know, is it a tactical decision? Is it a player doing this? Uh, Kakai, I, I think he's one of those players who needs to start from the very beginning. I don't think he's one of those players who's going to be interested if he comes on in the last 10 minutes. He's going to think, well, I've been sitting on the bench for 80 minutes. I'm not going to you know, bust a gut now because it's not going to really do much. I think if you see him, I think if he was, I was surprised Reeve started. I'd have started with Kakai and the Mavididi, you know, free roll as it were. And I think we'd have probably 
comfortably won because mm. um, I think he'd have, if he'd been in that position where Reeves was, where Reeves passed back to McGuinness, Kakai would have taken it on. He'd have, he'd have he'd have shot, and I think you know sometimes you look at the player you're bringing on. I'd, you can bring Jacko on for five minutes. Jacko's got the mentality; he's game ready. Um, Lennon, we've talked about, but Kakai in eighty third minute, it's a bit of a waste of a waste of a sub as, as such. So uh, Stephen Reader says, never have or never will be a fan of Carl Robinson. As stated last week, the tactics are boring and spouts the same old rubbish every week. Aribo was asked to score more goals, kind of if he's on the bench. Same with Carlin, uh, both in form and both out of the team. If Ma- uh, in Marshall, we have a winger so prime for a four-four-two formation, but we never play it. Uh, we continue to play one up top who can't score for Toffee. Give him a partner, as stated last week. Just win games, put teams under pressure for God's sake. It's Division Three. Here's hoping he will soon be gone and Roland too and that's from from Steve Reader. cheers uh, for your email Steve this one's from Bob Knight says hi first uh, I've been of the opinion to give uh, Robinson until the end of the season I've changed my mind what has become obvious is that he's totally out of his depth tactically uh, to close a game out I watched the game uh, and Doncaster were clueless why take uh, De Silva off it's resulted in McGuinness playing left back Jackson was already on but playing number 10 uh, it is not the players fault if they were put out of position there was no need for a change of formation if you make changes when it's working change like for like tactically set plays look random we are physically too weak and inexperienced against the bigger sides and trying to hold on to a lead is not working subs should be brought on to pressurise the opposition on the ball uh, to stop them delivering the ball into the box at the end if we sit back and invite the opposition on we can expect even more of the these late goals and failure to qualify for the playoffs. The takeover can't come soon enough and hopefully a new experienced manager, one who is not so one-dimensional. Bert, Bert Palmer sent us a, a DM on uh, on Twitter. Thanks for that, Bert. It says, strikers score goals. If you don't play strikers, what do you expect? It's like playing cricket without a wicketkeeper. Again, I mean, a lot of people are bringing up the fact we play one up top. Now, of course, with our formation, the idea is that the, the midfielders will get themselves into the, into the penalty area. But when you're not scoring the goals and when the goal total is is low as it is people are going to look at the fact that there's only one striker on the pitch i guess yeah it's it's hard because you know you've got marshall and fozzy you know running down the wings you know josh up front so we're playing we're almost playing sometimes three up you know and but they want to see the two strikers which we tried and you know it didn't really work you know with a jose alongside josh um so i can understand you know, Carl keeping with what he thinks he knows best. And if that's what he's been drilling into them all season, people say, well, if it's not working, but, you know, you, you that's what he's been drilling into them. If if he to say, right, we're going to go four four two now, you know, is he, does that mean the defensive midfielder is going to sit deeper? Does that mean the attacking midfielder is going to not be as tacking as much because you've got two strikers up there? You don't want sort of like four or five in a box because we get caught on the break. We're going to be short of numbers. I think the fluidity of a system... You know, it's, and it's taken me, you know, a while to sort of almost appreciate it because I you know old fashioned. I like a four four two, but I think you know you've got to mix it up to see, you know, sometimes who you're playing against, who's the most dangerous player. You know, when we played against Warsaw, the most dangerous player, we sort of like gave him, let him have a free role. You're thinking that's why I want my defensive midfielder to be sitting. You know, if you're playing a solid four four two. You're in two banks, your midfield are going to be too close to each other. Cashy likes coming for the ball. He likes getting the ball from the centre halves, passing it. You know, but if you, if you're playing two solid banks, it's just going to be too much. You know, and then the opposition will go right here. We we'll put five into midfield, so we're going to outnumber you there. And before you know it, they're breaking down, having two on ones on the wingers. 
you know, you've got to say, if we're set up for that way, you know, the team's drilled, it should, in theory, be working. And let's say for half a season, it was. We started getting the injuries, and, you know, every team gets injuries. We tended to get a lot more in, in, in positions where we we know we needed a bit more cover. Mm. And we knew that. And like I say, but for the first half of the season, we weren't complaining, we weren't whining, we weren't calling for Robinson. And I think you've got to look at a season as a whole. We're still seventh. We've still got more wins and losses. You know, okay, we're not scoring bundles of goals, but we're not being tonked week in, week out. Mm. So I'm getting nostalgic. You just said we're still seven. I'm getting nostalgic for when we our first season after relegation from the championship, and everyone kept saying we're still fifth, we're still fifth, we're still yeah. fifth. And then we finished like eleventh. <laughs> uh, Kenneth Sinyard said uh, on the takeover, hopefully a fresh start. Rejoice. Uh, that I, like many fans, can return to the Valley after the disaster that this regime has heaped on our club. I'm sure many of the fans will return. It's in our blood. Well done to all the fans that brought this about uh, and held the faith. Thank you for your support. There's a big rebuilding job to do and all get behind the team and push for a promotion. Come on, you Red. So that's uh, uh, a call for a return to the Valley when the takeover is finally done, which hopefully will be sooner rather than later. Right, quick break. Uh, I asked a couple of questions before the show. Will we still make the playoffs? Uh, and uh, why are we conceding late goals? I've got plenty of answers to that. So we'll get through those after this break. Oh, going to be swinging into the into the box. It's a flick off from McGinnis. Yeah! Oh, shot of grab the equaliser. I think it could have been Bauer on the line, but McGinnis's initial header. And quite how we've done it, I've no idea, but Charlton are back on level terms. So welcome back, Charlton Live, here on your Sunday evening, about 10 minutes or less than 10 minutes left to go here, so we're... Uh, Going to get through these tweets. Stephen Jones actually just said we should be thanking Robbo with the injuries we've had instead of shooting him down. Uh, we ain't all perfect. Let's still back him regardless. Playoffs is well within reach 100%. Right, I uh, tweeted out the stat earlier that 27% of the league goals we've conceded in this campaign have come in the final 10 minutes of games. Why do you think we are susceptible to late strikes? Uh, Gary McKendry says it's a lack of leadership at the back. Once Jason Pierce is back to full fitness, we will have the stability we've been missing for months. Stephen Jones says it's a lack of composure and experience closing out games, sitting so deep uh, and letting teams come onto us is no good. Get it in the opposition half and keep the ball. Robbo has to teach game management. It's as simple as that. Katie Buckland says because the subs we are forced to make just weaken our team most of the time, end up having to take off our best players due to fatigue or fitness, which in turn weakens the team both offensively and defensively. Uh, Wayne says it's because our group of players have better things on their mind. They're weak-minded and they keep losing uh, focus uh, and so like that. Uh, Alex says, as much as I like Carl, I think his game management has to be questioned. Uh, we were starting to be pegged back by Doncaster a long time before he made any subs and when he did make a change, none were effective. We has to be more proactive uh, if we want to win promotion. Matt Vine uh, says, uh, pressure, lack of confidence due to not putting teams out of sight. The defence will get blamed, but ultimately the strikers should make their lives easier. David Letchville says, poor management as we should be killing games off. But instead, we all just back and try and defend uh, and fail miserably at it. Uh, Dominic Rose says, uh, says uh, we concede late goals because Harry Lennon is in the defence. Daniel Crawford said Harry Lennon as well. Uh, but Daryl Hall says, because we don't take our chances, because we play out uh, the way we play we is set to play out from the back for 80 minutes and defend whatever lead we have. 
Uh, Dwayne says the last five minutes should be called the laxative zones. I, I assume because that's because we're now loose at the back. And uh, Andrew <laughs> Andrew says, is it a lack of fitness, a lack of depth of the squad, a lack of discipline? They're all questions uh, that we don't know the the answer to. Now, Mark, you said you wanted to tell a little story. Yeah, I did. It's, it's only because everyone said, oh, you know, it's all doom and gloom and it's all bad news. It's not all bad news. The reason I wasn't at Doncaster yesterday is that I was busy going round um, seeing my family just to let them know that in August, me and my wife are going to have twins. Oh, congratulations. So there's going to be two new Charlton fans who are going to see a club which is getting back on its feet. And I just said, you know what, I I said to my wife, I'm coming on the radio, and I said, you know what, I'm going to say, tell everyone, because we got... Is there any chance you can train them to be defenders? (laughs) (laughs) They couldn't do a worse job. Possibly they couldn't do a worse job now. That's absolutely brilliant news, Mark. I'm really really, really pleased to to hear that news live on Charlton Live, so well done. It's exclusive Uh, for you. Yeah, exclusive Charlton Live story, Mark is going to have twins. Uh, excellent news, well done, Mark. Thank you. Still lead in the old pencil, uh, <laughs> right? Uh, I asked the uh, the just before we have a very brief look ahead to Tuesday's game against uh, <laughs> against um, uh, Bradford. Here, whether fans still think we will finish in the playoffs? Lewis Katz says yes. James Fern says a top fin- a top six finish is a real possibility, uh, in my opinion. But would it? But would this team prove their worth at Wembley? He said he personally can't see it. Uh, Dempsey says uh, really can't see it. Dropping too many points against teams we need to get the free from have to beat both Bradford and Shrewsbury at home minimum now to give us a lift uh, uh, Paul Crisp is still confident he says yes we'll finish sixth uh, Freddie says if we win Tuesday and we press onwards then yes if no uh, if not then no maybe a takeover will create the buzz around the place that pushes us over the line Chrissy uh, says the five points dropped in the past two games doesn't bode well especially when the pressure games come in uh, in the running for such an attack minded team the continual failure to not take our chances means that our flimsy defence is going to be uh, under pressure at the under uh, at the end of games, uh, Matt Broad says, looking over our shoulder, we have only just six points back to seventeenth. Dropping points like we have been uh, will be costly, but he still uh, is keeping the faith. Tegsy says, only if we start scoring more than one goal a match. Too many games where we we seem to be holding on with at least thirty minutes left to play. High time we started spanking teams and being more aggressive. Mentality plays a big part, and that has to stem uh, from the management downwards. Reese says, no. At the end of the day, uh, the only reason we're not in the bottom half is because of our form from August to October. I mean. That is how the form of the league table works, but Reese uh, says even the three wins recently were against out form teams. Every game we're left holding on and the players don't have the fight or ability to hold on most of the time. We lack any sort of ability to take our chances and seeing off games. I used to think it was bad luck, but it happens so often now. It's not just having any decent finishers uh, on the team. So I don't really understand why Zyro Kaikai hasn't played yet to prove they can do that. And don't forget we had a Jota on the bench yesterday as well. So it'll be interesting to see what part he plays uh, in the rest of the season uh, as well. Um, Keith says not if we keep throwing games in stoppage time how many times have we let late goals in this season uh, and Roland I know it's not the real Roland but Roland and Celine says uh, no that we're not going to make the uh, the playoffs uh, Dan says congratulations to you Mark for your, for oh, your good news you. Stephen says Simon Grayson as new Bradford boss so it's going to be a tougher game now new manager Syndrome might take hold on Tuesday and that segues us nicely into looking ahead how I mean what do you think about new manager Syndrome Mark is, is well, it going to be difficult for us no I mean Bradford like, in if, horrible form if, he's, if he's turned up you know, today they probably had got had a day off. So his first day training with them will be tomorrow. Yeah, that's what he said on the Bradford so statement. So it's it's not really going to be, you know, have that much of effect. I, I, I don't believe because the assistant or the um, caretaker manager would have got them organised for us. And had, I can't see him coming in and saying, right, we're going to do this. I mean, you don't know how much he knows about Bradford 
his players or how much he's been you know he's been out of his division hasn't he he's mm. been he's been in the league above so I don't think it's going to make much of an odds to us I'm, I'm glad they drew so they weren't on you know Turn, turning around a sort of like a losing streak. Well, yeah, they had they have the same last minute equaliser that, yeah. I, that, that so, we had. So any sort of and you got to think that was yeah. against Berry. Yeah. So yeah, we we smashed Berry one 0 of course. So <laughs> still three po- yeah. still three points. Yeah. So <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, so I mean, looking ahead to Tuesday's game, just in the last minute or so of the show. I mean, are you looking at changes now? I mean, I mean, we had I think it was um, Reese there who mentioned why is Kai Kai why is Zyra not getting the minutes now? We haven't saw Kai Kai for the last ten minutes. Didn't do much in that in that spell yesterday. We saw them both last week and. Neither of them, you know, covered themselves in glory, but of course, neither of them played much football. No, I, say, I, I don't think Zyro's fitness is up to start in a game. Um, like I say, I, I think Kai Kai is the kind of player who needs to start from the beginning to be interested in a game. So, me personally, Tuesday night, would I change? I'd drop Jake and bring Joe back. I'd put um, Kai Kai in for Ben Reeves, and then you know, keep the defence as is. So you know, I'm, I think just two, two, two little tweaks, and mm. I, th- you know, last season's Bradford game was my favourite game of the season. One, one, or one, one, one or draw, yeah, but I did yeah. You know, for me, it was it had a bit of everything. So mm. you know, if we get, I don't want to draw. Obviously, I want us to win. But you know, if we get just an equally good game, I'd be happy. Excellent. Right. So let's hope that Charlton can get those three points on uh, on Tuesday in a huge game here, uh, a real playoff six pointer against uh, Bradford City. Uh, right. That's pretty much all we have time for on tonight's Charlton Live. Thank you, Mark, and congratulations. Once <laughs> You're welcome. Again. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming in. Right. I've been Louis Mendes. This has been Charlton Live. Hope you've enjoyed the show. Thanks for all your tweets and emails. They've kept us going with just the two of us here <laughs> uh, this evening. So well done to you guys. Uh, myself uh, and Nathan. I don't think Tom's about. We'll be back on Thursday. Uh, so Mark, actually, you can come in if you fancy it for uh, the, the bring more cake. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, the big match preview uh, to look back at whatever happens against Bradford and ahead to next Saturday's game uh, up at Milton Keynes. Uh, thanks for listening. Hope you've enjoyed it. Let's hope we can get those uh, very important three points on Tuesday. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.